Today is October 14th, and on today's podcast, we're talking about BTS on the Graham Norton Show. We're talking about Jimin's injury, birthday, and the Amsterdam concert. We're talking about the France-Korea concert and friendship event in Paris. We're talking about BTS maybe going to do mandatory military service in Korea, their cosmetics partnership with VT, and their upcoming movie coming to theaters worldwide called Burn the Stage. There's a lot we're discussing today, and we're ready to get started. Let's get it. Ring, ring. Hello. It's BTS. Hello. Your favorite Hello, podcast. is this ARMY? It's ARMY. Hey. It's Erica and Molly. We are here bringing you BTS news and fun stuff about our favorite guys, BTS. Yeah, yeah. So let's. we have some topics we really want to discuss about the latest happenings of our favorite group. And the first thing we want to talk about is their appearance at the Graham Norton show. So they were recently wrapping up all their stuff in London and um, they appeared on the Graham Norton show uh, performing and doing an interview, but dun, 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 someone was missing. Yeah. So unfortunately, Jimin had an injury. Uh, apparently he suffered severe neck and back pain and he received medical attention and knowing our gym in, he really wanted to be able to go to the show and at least be, you know, on the couch and on the appearance, but the medical staff advised him not to. So he stayed back. So he didn't even get to be part of the interview part, which was, um, which was really sad. Uh, it's just, it looked really weird with just six of them up there when there's always the seven of them. Yeah, and they they also performed, and if you guys didn't see it, we'll definitely have a link to that as well. But it it wasn't the same. We've I think we've talked about this before. You know, they're not BTS without all seven of them, and with Jungkook still injured, as we know now, he had stitches in his heel. He can't perform the choreography, and then with Jimin missing, there were only five, and it just. It was different. It was weird. I still love them, but it wasn't the same. It's so funny because, like, when I first got into BTS, I'm like, seven? Seven people? That's too many people, you know? I was like, I haven't seen anything like this since S Club 7 back in the day-day. Um, but I was just like, that's too many people. But it's so funny because once they were down to, like, five, but, you know, basically, because Jungkook was, like, on the side and they were performing, I was like where is everybody? I'm like, the stage looks so empty. And um, it kind of took me aback because when they got up to perform, like at first RM's just like standing by himself. And I'm like, what is happening? I'm like, what's going on? And then I realized, oh, okay, they're trying to adapt this because, you know, Jungkook can't be there and neither can Jimin. And they're really the center of a lot of like their dance formations and everything like that. Um, and so they still did a good job, obviously. They're going to put in the work. Right. And, like, right. I would have been still very excited to see them, you know, in the studio. And they were so cute during their interview. So um, RM was, you know, holding it down for them and answering a lot of their questions. But they were contributing, too. And like I've said before, it's so cute to see them really improve with their English and take more chances with their English and say more things. So I really enjoyed that. And um, I also wanted to say something. This is kind of a follow-up to what we were talking about in our previous episode about that London Times article talking about RM not being not speaking English well. When I was watching the Graham Norton interview, mm -hmm. and one of the questions was about, they were like, okay, so tell us about your album or something like that. Like, tell us what does it mean or, like, what does it mean to you? I'm, I'm really recapping this, like, horribly, by the way. Right. Um, <laughs> but RM started... Um, <laughs> answering and that's when it hit me i'm like it's not so much that rm can't like speak english obviously i already knew that he speaks english very well 
But it's because, like, BTS expresses deeper concepts that are even hard to express as, like, a native speaker of English. So he's, like, talking about, like, well, what this album, what our message is, is about, like, how you can't have light without, like, the shadows. And you have to love yourself and all these things. And, like, I'm, like, these are very abstract concepts that are hard to, like, express and convey Mm-hmm. anyway and so when you're doing that in your second third you know fourth language like that's very difficult so i feel like people aren't giving him credit right because it's like well we don't know what he's saying about the album but it's like no bts has a message that's like deeper than your average thing of like uh it's about fun and cars and like you know sunshine it's not about that i feel like it's hard for anybody to be eloquent about those things like i know it's hard to speak about the matters of the soul and especially in this like very short quick get give me like a sound bite sort of like atmosphere right yeah and and that's what i was kind of saying to when that guy was saying stuff about like saying he couldn't string a sentence together it's like you know in korean the words are kind of are, are flipped sometimes like the sentences you say in in english like i'm going to the store might be like to the store I'm going in Korean or something, but you have to switch that. So to express like deep sentimental thoughts, and like you said, he knows multiple languages and to be able to still get that out. I mean, I have trouble obviously right now um, <laughs> stringing sentences together sometimes and especially expressing something so deep and so meaningful the main point is that he gets the message across of what they're trying to say and what they're about. And it doesn't matter how he says it or how he sounds when he says it. it what matters is the message. I just wanted to try something, um, playing the clip of what he was saying, just to kind of like illustrate it. Okay. Was that, that was not a part of uh, BTS's message. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I just want to say that, you know, life always have the dilemmas of, you know, we always have, have to have the pain inside because when the light comes, we always have the shadows. We cannot be avoid from that. So I just want to tell that um, um, we should find the way to love ourselves around. Then, of course, especially the youth going to be more happy and we, we can live a good life. So that was the message. So it was after that. So it was after that point that Whoopi Goldberg took off her shirt as a gift and offering to BTS, which I'm sure a lot of people want to do. Like, oh, you just said some beautiful words. Here you go. Here, here's the clothing off my back. Um, yes. <laughs> the same with your mention of of Whoopi. This is something you um, had said when we were discussing that we wanted to uh, when we were discussing that we wanted to talk about this was the mention of Time Magazine, Graham asked them oh hey you guys were on time they had the cover up they're like oh yeah you know thank you they're so appreciative and so grateful and then he looks at all of his guests and says have any of you ever been on time and one of the guests is Whoopi Goldberg and as most of you in the states know she was a big part of our culture in the 90s she's been you know a huge part of our entertainment industry Molly, I would even say internationally. Like, I can't speak for, like, every uh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But I've, you know, gone to Austria and France a couple of times, even back in the day when I was, like, studying. And, like, people would bring up Whoopi Goldberg. Like, oh, Whoopi Goldberg, Whoopi Goldberg, you know. And her name is recognizable enough for, like, the work and stuff that she's done, even internationally. Right. And, and she's never been on the cover. She's been mentioned. And I, and I think she said multiple times. I imagine she has been in it multiple times, but she's never been on the cover. And we just kind of decided, like, how big that is for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, that's when it really sunk in for me. Because, like, I had seen th- so many mentions of the, the Time Magazine article. And there's, like, so much happening for BTS right now. I don't really know that it, like, hit me. And then when Graham Norton said that, and it was like someone not even American saying it, it's someone British like giving this publication such weight as well. And he was like, you guys are on the cover of Time magazine. And then hearing that someone like Whoopi Goldberg, who's had a career for 30, 40 years in Hollywood, who's been in so many movies, Mm -hmm. I think she even has an Academy Award. She's never even been on the cover. That's when it the gravity of like what they're doing and what they're accomplishing like really hit me and to witness and be a part of this movement. I don't know. That just really 
hit me. And even, you know, my boyfriend, he, I was watching the Graham Norton thing again <laughs> and my boyfriend was there and then he's like, whoa, he's like, they're on the cover of time. I'm like, yes, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> yeah. It, like you said, it's great to be part of this and to, we have so much crap going on today and in our generation and to actually get to be part of this and part of something good and what the future is going to hold. I just, I can't wait. And I wasn't planning on like saying anything about this. I'm also glad for like a different kind of representation in the United States, at least. I mean, in the world, it's great too, but like, Mm -hmm. let's be real. Like the amount of diversity and a lot of like American media, especially regarding like Asian Americans, I know they're not American, but Asians in general too, um, is like just really lacking. Speaking of BTS, like they're starting to become more popular, but some people don't know them. The um, other weekend I was with some friends and I happened to like slip in like, have you heard of them? (laughs) And I'm like, well, let's just watch a little video. Let's watch Mic Drop, you know, my favorite song. And it was really interesting to see the reactions of my friends because they really liked it, but they were so surprised to see these guys have such swag. They didn't want to say it, but they're like, wow, we've never like seen. I I don't think people are used to seeing in the United States, Asian guys as being desirable, you know, guys at the forefront, the heartthrob and whatever, which doesn't mean that they shouldn't be, or that this is something new in terms of like, have they ever had the capacity? Of course they've had. Of course there's always been attractive men like that and everything like that, but they've never been given like the platform. And so people are just seeing them in a different way. They're seeing them not being these stereotypical roles that they've been like shoved into for so long. And so seeing them on the cover of time for me, like makes me happy Mm -hmm. too, because like, I feel like, okay, they're breaking so many boundaries and they're breaking so many stereotypes that people don't even realize they had. Like, oh, I don't expect, you know, guys like that to sound like that, to have voice like that, to dance like that, to look like that, to, you know, speak like this, to all of these things that people don't even realize that they're carrying with them and having all these like beliefs about, you know, a group of people because they never interact with them or, you know, exchange culture with them. And so I'm just so happy because it's like, They're doing it in such an approachable, lovable, awesome way where you just can't deny their talent. You just can't deny that. Like, this is just amazing. I really like that point a lot. I had never thought of that. I've been following um, a handful of, like, Asian American actors over the last couple of years. And just to see, like, that shift, you know, the Crazy Rich Asians movie just came out recently. And just to have some more diversity in Hollywood and in the limelight in America has been has been great. And then all of a sudden, you know, here they come on the scene as well. And to have, you know, to your point, if if you saw one of them on the street, you probably would never know, you know, before this, like if you just saw them walking down the street, you wouldn't think that, like you said, they have an amazing voice, that they are super talented dancers, that they have these like hearts of gold. You just would be like another guy walking down the street. And so, yeah, I'm just so glad that they're like representing diversity and like just to see like the coming together at the end of the Graham Norton show of like, you know, old school, new school. It didn't seem like these that the people on the couch, the old Hollywood was like jealous. They were just glad to be there in their presence and like, I feel like Whoopi also offering her shirt was also just like, Mm -hmm. I love you guys and I'm taking you in and like, welcome to the club. You guys have made it. You've made it in America, even though we're in the UK. (laughs) But um, (laughs) so, so it was sad not to see Jim in there, but I thought it was cute. Um, a cute little segment with them, and I really enjoyed it. That brings us to our next thing. Speaking of Jimin, unfortunately, he was injured, but just recently, it like just, I mean, yesterday, we're recording this the day after his birthday. Happy birthday again, Jimin. So just to say on that, I was so amazed. Oh, I don't know if you saw this, and I forgot to mention it. Times Square had a whole tribute to Jimin for his birthday. Oh, it was absolutely ridiculous. Well, I'll find um, that video and we'll put that in the links as well if you haven't seen it. It was so cool. There was a, um, you know, on their main billboard in Times Square, it was, you know, it, it rotates their ads or whatever and then was all dedicated to Jimin. It was so cool. And that also put into perspective, like, 
how big they are. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen or noticed like a celebrity's birthday ever be up on Times Square in Times Square. All the tweets, all the love that Jimin got on his birthday was absolutely ridiculous. Like, I can't even imagine. One of those things was they had a concert in Amsterdam on his birthday. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people got to sing him happy birthday. And I just think that would be so cool. And I can't even imagine the love that he feels. And I hope he feels that. And that I know he's one of the ones that struggles with being self-conscious and thinking that his voice isn't good enough or that he's not working hard enough or doing things. And he wants to do so well for his fans. And um, I just hope that he felt the love and compassion that we all have for him on his big day. Yeah, I hope he did too. He, what you said about Times Square is like kind of incredible. Um, you're right. I've besides back in the day with like in sync, I knew all of their birthdays. Besides, but that was me like celebrating right. on my own. I don't really know that anyone else beyond like the fandom cared or knew about it. But like, yeah, that's just like major. They're just having such a big impact, and it's so crazy that we just started like we just kind of came into them at this time because like even when we were talking about it a few weeks ago, like there's I feel like they're still like under the radar. Like obviously the time thing wasn't out. Obviously all this stuff wasn't like happening at like this level it's just like bam all of a sudden so i guess uh you're welcome bts because it's because of us liking you no i'm just kidding but it's just amazing like how incredible that is that they're having so much success and that we could celebrate jimin's birthday in such a great crazy way i agree oh but okay for jimin's birthday so um Times square there was that big celebration but there was also um, he performed in Amsterdam because they're still on their Love Yourself tour. And um, I felt I found this tweet on Twitter that I felt like felt like really uh, summarized his birthday really well. So I'm going to read it. It's from Shell, who is at Three Shells 1991. And this is what she said. On Jimin's birthday, he spent it with his family for the first time in seven or eight years. He had a party with BTS. His dad sent him flowers, noted, quote unquote, my lovely son. He laughed at members' tweets um, and he saw his birthday projects and was thankful. He was very happy. Best news ever. So I just thought that was cute that, like, it sounds like a very beautiful birthday for Jimin. I'm just so, so happy for him. And um, I also know that there were, Molly, did you see any of the footage from the Amsterdam concert of, like, fans doing anything for him i did at the very beginning um of the concert they posted it up on the big screen and there was like a, a big birthday tribute that they had put together for him in dutch right they speak dutch deutsch dutch um, yeah yeah, they speak Dutch. So they, everybody's saying happy birthday to him. And he got to, uh, he ran up because they were kind of on the middle part and he ran back and he like acted like he was hugging the big, the big screen where they had the picture up. It was really cute. And we'll post, we'll post a link to that too if, if you guys haven't seen it. But yeah, that, that's kind of what I was saying. Like I just hope he realized how, how much that army loves him and the things that they're doing for him and, it's just, it's crazy that people will come together like that for a pop star's birthday and to, that just goes to show how much they mean to us. So No, I'm looking forward to seeing what happened at the Amsterdam concert last night um, and seeing what they did to celebrate. You know, it was just last night, so I haven't actually, like, looked into it or gone into my, like, rabbit hole of, of everything. I haven't really followed up on, like, what happened um, last night, but I'm sure that I will. And then, you know, if there's anything else to be said, we'll give an update on that. But happy belated birthday, Jimin. He, how old did he turn? 24? 23? 23. Well, so I don't know if any... any Korean aging is, like, start different, that right? Yes, that's what I was going to say. So in Korea, when you're born, you're automatically one year old. So in Korea, he would be 24 
But in the States, he would be 23. That's what I, I was thinking. It's like something else that I just wanted to say, just to put a disclaimer in the middle of this. Like, you may not have heard our introduction episode. If you haven't, then go ahead and take a listen. But, you know, we're doing this podcast, but Molly and I are fairly new BTS uh, ARMY members. We're new to the fandom. And so there's a lot that we're learning about the guys, about uh, Korean culture, about their music and everything. So we're just learning, trying to get things right. And we might mess things up or sound sometimes. I don't want to use the word ignorant because that's a very strong, loaded word. But we might sound a little unknowledgeable about things sometimes. So forgive us if we do. Um, we're learning. And uh, that's it. With that being said, let's just move on. They had a concert in Amsterdam um, last night. But today, October 14th, they are in La France. They are in France. They're in Paris. And Molly, why don't you tell us why they're in Paris? So there was a kind of little summit, um, and it's like a friendship thing between Korea and France. And there were other performers as well, some kind of classical performers. And BTS actually got to perform as well. There were, I believe, around 400 attendees. The president of South Korea and his wife were actually in attendance as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just, um, and- it's a really cool thing. And it actually didn't come to my attention anyway until I believe yesterday. There wasn't a lot about it. Um, you know, it's not a big concert. It, it wasn't being promoted heavily. I just think for them, it was a huge honor to be able to perform at this little summit and be in the presence of the president and his wife and perform for them. Like, yeah, they're they're touring around France and everything, and they're doing their diplomatic duties. And, like, this is also speaking to, like, why BTS is not just your average group, because they're not just, oh, let me get on stage, let me hit this move, and let me get the girls to scream. Like, that's not what they're about. Like, they are also ambassadors for their country, their culture. They know that it's an <laughs> honor. And I'll get into this more with the next news topic we're getting into. They did more than just, like, also – be at an event that the president was there with, but they were like mingling with them. There's pictures all over Twitter of them together. But yeah, they only did like one performance. I mean, it was like, again, an abbreviated sort of thing, but they performed DNA and I was watching a little clip of it on Twitter. It's so funny to watch Jungkook on the side, like doing like hand movements with them (laughs) because he's still not fully up. As you know, we covered in our previous Mm -hmm. episode that Jungkook has a foot injury. So, um, and oh, that's another thing that was discovered on like the Graham Norton show is that he had to get stitches because when we covered it, all we knew is like he got injured. It was not serious while he was lightly exercising or something. Turns out he had to get stitches. So I don't know what sort of stretching he was doing over like a glass pit or something. I don't know. Broken glass pit. But anyway, he was sitting on the side and I thought it was cute as he did that. And, um, uh, a lot of like what BTS was saying before their performance was in Korean, and I haven't found a translation of it yet. So hopefully I'll find that soon. And if there's anything of like super cool importance, uh, we'll probably update everybody on like the next episode if it's still, you know, significant or anything. Like I said, I'm just really glad for them. They're spreading their culture. They're spreading their heritage, what they're proud of. And I was reading an article recently too about, I didn't really realize until Suga said it in an interview, but BTS in the idol video is wearing traditional Korean, you know, clothing. I guess it makes sense, but it's not like my mind really computed it. There's just so much going on in that video and so many colors and the bright suits and everything like that. But then like, as soon as Suga said that, I'm like, you know what? Yeah. And so I love that they're, again, this is them speaking themselves. You know, this is them loving themselves. This is who they are. This is where they're from. And they're representing that. They're not like trying to break into, I know, I know I'm putting it in terms of America again, but I know that's like kind of like the big thing that a lot of artists want to do. And it's not like they're trying to break into America by being American. Like, oh, okay, let's just do everything American. No. They're still being themselves. They're being Korean. They're proud of it. And that's what I really love and enjoy about them. That's what I like about their Run BTS episodes is they broadcast them worldwide and they wear in a handful of episodes, they do stuff where they wear traditional Korean. I'm not going to say the pronunciation because I forget. I don't want to mess it up. But they also celebrate like different Korean holidays and they stay true to themselves all the time. And 
they play Korean games and they do everything because because that's who they are. And even though they are broadcasting these things worldwide, they want people to see them. They want people to know who they are as people and not just see them as performers. And it really is. It's, it's a totally different culture than what we get here with any kind of group in the States, even with social media now. Because I feel like artists here, they just put out what they want you to see. They don't put out the funny, silly, human aspects of their lives. They put out the attractive professional photos of themselves and videos from their their concerts that they only have once every three to five years and things like that. And, you know, BTS was on a tour last year and they're on another tour this year. There's a lot of artists in the States here that they haven't been on tour in five to six years. And these guys are putting up new music all the time and going on tour and staying true to themselves while doing all of that. And it's it's crazy to me because we've grown up in such a different culture. I think it's really refreshing to see that and to be a part of that and to bring some of that to other parts of the world and to see that there are, I think we've touched on this before, there's different ways of doing things. And just because your way works doesn't mean it's the best way. So, no, I, I totally agree. And, you know, the them being diplomats and really representing um, Korea in a really positive light um, and interacting with um, the president and everything kind of moves us into the next news topic that we wanted to discuss, which is the fact that, you know, it came out that like the group. Okay. So in Korea, men of a certain age between, I believe is it 18 and 35 have to, at some point enlist yep. in military service for 21 months, like training and service. This might seem kind of foreign to people in the United States because like we don't have any requirement. I, our military and our population is so big that like, it's not something that we have to like, that everyone has to do. But when you're a smaller country and if you want to protect your country and be a big player, you, you know, you, these, these are some of the methods you have to do just because the population is a lot, is a lot smaller. So the news that's coming out is that like BTS is not so far going to be exempted from that requirement of up to two years of mandatory duty from able-bodied uh, Korean men because they are not included in the list of current reasons for military exemptions. And right now this is kind of being somewhat contended by obviously their fans and other people. <laughs> right. And the reason for that is because the list of exemptions are for athletes who bring home medals in international competitions, acclaimed artists, classical musicians and dancers, but pop stars, filmmakers, and actors are not included in that. It, it's amazing to me that, you know, pop stars aren't included in that, but classical musicians and dancers are included. These guys, like Erica was saying, are ambassadors for their country. They spoke at the United Nations. They are global. They are in the spotlight. They were on the cover of Time. They're doing all of these things. They're doing multiple things, bringing home multiple awards. They're not going to be exempted from service because of the law that probably won't change because something else I was reading was that the military is trying to get rid of all exemptions. So even those people who are exempted now might not be exempted in the future. Apparently it's been kind of a controversy too, because there's been people reading into it thinking that BTS is trying to get out of service, but it's the opposite. They want to. They want to serve their country. They want to. To um, they intend on fulfilling their duties until they're told otherwise, because that's their law. That's what they've known that their whole lives. You know that even when they got into this, m the majority of them were all under 18, I believe, except for maybe Jin when they started this. So they knew that was a possibility that they would have to be military service when they got into be being BTS. Yeah, I feel like I feel a couple of ways about this. One, I don't like that BTS is being thrown under the bus. Like, I know there's like an article I was reading that was like, they're so cocky. Like, what are they doing that they should get out of it? And it's like, they're being thrown under the bus when they're not even against it. Like, the a lot of the uproar that's happening are like, obviously from fans and other people who are like, 
no, we don't want this to happen. But like, they're fine with it. And they're like, okay, we'll do what we need to do. Like, this is a part of our country. And I'm not surprised because again, I see everything that they do is as an ambassador, as goodwill for their country. I feel like they have a lot of home heritage type of pride and an honor. And I feel like they feel like the position that they are in is like a very high honorable one. And if this is a part of being a man in their country, whatever, like I feel like they want to continue on that rite of passage and like that duty. So I just hate that they're being kind of thrown under the bus when that's not even what the words that are coming out of their own mouths. And then the other thing is, is like there is that argument about like if a classical musician is exempted then there is kind of an argument of like, is classical music given like kind of a higher brow or a higher designation than like pop music, especially because they're so involved in their music. It's not just like, here's a song, go dance and sing. Like they write their music, they produce, they, you know, are so involved. And like, again, they're so big and like they're making impressions and impacts in the world that no other Korean group has ever done on the face of the planet. So like if anyone should be exempted, they do have a reason. I think I was reading an article where Suga kind of like mentioned that he's like, you know, what's funny is that classical music back in the day was pop music. So it's kind of funny that pop music is kind of put on like, you know, the shelf mm-hmm. and whatever. So what kind of should be the exemption? Should it be Time Magazine cover? Or here's my idea. I think they should all just start playing like the violin. You know what I mean? Like now they should dance, play the violin sing <laughs> and then they'll be exempted so they've got like okay so the exemption lasts up until they're like or not the exemption but the time lasts until they're 35 so that's why i'm a little bit not worried like i hopefully they'll be around but there is time right now the oldest member is 25 so they have 10 years um to get this military service done we'll see what happens in that time and also they have last resort 10 years to learn the violin and get to being a pop group who does classical takes <laughs> on, on music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, this is an old law, so it was probably written before pop music was even around. And there are people fighting to get the law changed to include pop music and to include other things, not just pop music. But then the military actually wants to downgrade a little bit by about 180,000 troops, I think, and then get rid of the exemptions completely. So there would be less troops needed, but no one would be exempted. So um, I think it's just that's for, you know, South Korea to figure out. And mm-hmm. we just <laughs> we're not getting into. Yeah, no, um, I'm not telling you know, how to run their country at all. Military or military or politics. We just um, are Our reporting. <laughs> <laughs> we are army yes. we're not korean army and um but i do want to say one thing and this might seem like an argument in favor of like protecting them obviously i'm biased you know they have to do what they need to do and i'm not getting into it and i don't understand it like as a foreigner but i will say this i do think that like in terms of like protecting the arts is very important and the, and protecting your in some ways cultural exports and everything like that like mm-hmm. This is kind of what I was saying before, but like they're having an impact that hasn't been had before. And we have to see what the future holds and everything like that. But it's just such like a unique thing. I guess if it's one of those things that like all of K-pop blows up in like the world, then, you know, you can't be exempt in everybody and their mama, right? We got to have a military. But at the same time, for these particular seven guys at this moment, in life it's like this is a very special thing so like if they were to say like you know next year they're disbanding they're going to service i'm like i don't think that it'd be right at this moment just because there's so much momentum there's so many barriers and walls being broken down this is really shining a light on korean culture and like i mean the implications of Mm -hmm. that are like huge like people are learning korean people are visiting korea people are wanting to move there people are buying people are more curious about that like that's something that you can't just create again or just manufacture with like somebody else like that's something that's very special um right. like 
I know I've said this like a 10 million times in this podcast, but it's like, oh, breaking into America. But that's a really hard thing for a foreign group to do. And it's a hard thing for a foreign artist to do more than like a song. Like when you break into America, you might have a song like Despacito or whatever. But like Americans, it's very hard for us to care beyond like, you know, a song like Give Me a Beat. But that doesn't make me want to follow who you are or buy into what you do. And if you don't bring just as good of a beat the next song, then I'm done. You know, it's a very fickle place to break into. So the fact that Americans are getting on board this train and like, wait, let me learn about a country that isn't just us. Let us not be just us centric is like super important. And again, I'm not trying to get into too much of like military tactics and everything like that. But the US, obviously, the world knows it's like a really big military force, like we spent so much money on the military, our military is huge and whatever. Part of like good relations in the world, I feel, is like not on that like war level or that military level, but on that like, you know, cultural level. So I'm not saying that they shouldn't go. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that's not important. I'm not saying that I even have the right to speak on this in terms of like what they do. I'm just saying in general, I think that you can't understate the importance of like impacting people's hearts culturally and in such a like peaceful way. And what they're doing right now is like, just that they're like really bringing a lot of the world together through their music through their message of peace through the message of love and i think at least in the near future you know if they had to disband do their service it would be just really unfortunate for the loss that would mean culturally yeah i mean you make you make some really great points and that kind of leads into our next topic a little bit of what you were saying about bringing light to Korean culture and a big, huge part of Korean culture is cosmetics and skincare. (laughs) Even though they're a boy band, they just recently um, collaborated with VT Cosmetics and they have a um, skincare, well, makeup line, skin line coming out with them. And they've done a collaboration with them before, but this one um, is so cute. It has their B21 avatars as the little characters on it. What's included in it is lipsticks, an eyeshadow palette. There's a tinted base and a tinted foundation. But bringing it back around to what you were saying, right now, this only is going to ship in Korea. So Mm -hmm. it's not going to be available internationally yet. But because of how big BTS is, hopefully that will be available. And that's a huge thing for Korea to be able to their their exports, like getting people to come to Korea. Like we want to go to Korea. We're actually planning a trip to South Korea um, in the next year. And I mean, this would be a good way to get more people to come to Korea. Oh, if you want this, you have to come here to buy it. But people are going to do that. And if if BTS wasn't as big as they were and they did, you know, this collaboration with them and they weren't as international as they are, you know, yeah, people would know about it, but people wouldn't like be flocking to buy this stuff. And it doesn't matter. I guarantee it doesn't matter if the person wears that kind of makeup or not. They're going to be buying it regardless because it's BTS and because ARMY wants to support them 100%. And they're super cute. South Korea really knows how to do packaging very well. And branding, like their branding on everything is is always on point. Listen, I am not really into cosmetics and stuff, but I've never wanted like lipstick more. I'm like, my lips need this. (laughs) But anyway, I just... You know, I want it all. I do think when the time is right, people would eat it up. Again, we're just like, I keep saying from an American perspective, but, you know, BTS is so global. I don't know who is listening to this, if anyone. I just want to bring it back to America because that's our perspective. (laughs) That's our lens. And so that's where we're coming from. And so they're not, they're on the precipice right now of being like famous. They're on the precipice of people knowing who they are and caring about them. And the people who do know in America who care about them obviously are just as ravenous and just as like a rabbit and, uh, you know, really into them as other parts of the world, but they're not mainstream here yet. So I don't know if they're going to do anything like that here yet, but as soon as they know that like they could like Mm -hmm. offer something like this and make money and sell it here. And when I say they, I'm not necessarily even meaning, meaning BTS, but like they're team, their management company, people who are business minded, as soon as they know that they can make the money here, I know stuff like that's going to like come and I'm excited for it. But obviously 
when we see it already released somewhere else, it's like, I want it now. So in researching and looking into their like lipsticks and stuff, I, I saw something. Army, I hope you appreciate this. I saw some, or new army, just like we are. They're in their little like avatar characters, right? They're like little plushies and everything. And so this is something that's brand new to me too. Like there's just like so much that's different about this boy band than like boy bands of the past I'm used to. In sync and 98 degrees didn't have like little cute plushies or avatars or anything like that that represented them. So when Molly and I were researching this today, I was like, you know, I've seen these like little cartoons and the avatars around, but I don't know who was who. What do they mean? And when I was thinking about the podcast, I was like, well, what if there's someone out there who's listening, a new army who also is just like, just like, wait, what? There's plushies. What is this? I think that we should ex- explain sometimes some of these things because, you know what, Army? It's a lot when you dive into this fan base, like in a good way, but it's a lot of information. It's like not just about the music. There's so much going on that you have to like take in. And these little plushies, they're so cute. But I was like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Molly, did you want to like <laughs> explain which one is which? Because like, I just see stuffed animals. <laughs> yeah, and it's um, it's not just plushies. They have all sorts of merch. They have have these on clothes. I know there's some like slippers, and there's you know any kind of K-pop store is gonna have all sorts of stuff with these little um, these little characters on them. Actually, in a couple of their V Live um, or not their V Live on V Live and their Run BTS episodes. As a punishment, if you don't, well, that's a whole nother thing. But if, <laughs> if a team, if a team or an individual loses something, there's always a, a punishment at the end. As a punishment in one of them, Jen actually has to wear, they have like, they have their costumes. So they actually have costumes of their little characters. And Jen had to wear Jungkook's, um, and he wore his own in one as well. It was really cute. Um, but if you've seen these around, they, um, there's a heart, there's an alpaca, there's a puppy, a bunny, a cookie, a pony, a koala, and then there's this little guy that's half gray and half white that shoots glitter out of his hands. <laughs> so <laughs> if you've seen, if you've seen these guys around, um, we'll start with that little guy. He's a little space robot and he represents army and he is the protector of B21. Um, or BT21 or BTS. The little heart is going to be our sweet little V and he's a little curious heart. The alpaca is Jin. The puppy is our angel Jimin. The little bunny is Jungkook. The cookie is Shooky is going to be our sugar. And the, pon- <laughs> the pony is J-Hope and the koala is RM. And we'll put a link to where we found some information. It's got a little gif of each one and an explanation of why they're those little characters. So if you've seen those and you didn't know who was who, that'll help you. And that'll also help you if you can buy some of this um, these cosmetics with. I think it's VT. BTS. But yeah, if you if you if you're able to buy this stuff, um I know the lipsticks have each individual character on there. So if you have a bias, those are who each of their characters are so you can go ahead and buy that one or if you want to buy and, all of them and go for it. Sorry to interrupt. Um that's another thing. That's like part of the army language and maybe eventually we'll do like it's this builds up like, you know, here's a dictionary or a breakdown of army lingo bias, you know, so people don't really say like that they have a favorite. They just say that they have a bias, like who's your bias. So I kind of like that because I can't explain what that means in other languages or like the translation. But I know like for me, I hesitate to even say I have a favorite because I really do love them all. So I kind of like that. I'm like a little bit biased towards like one or the other for a certain time, but they all make up the group. They're all like seven. I don't know. I don't want to like shut anyone out, but being like, oh, it's a favorite and that this is who I care about. And like, you know, like that's not how I feel. 
the bias is like cute. And I also wanted to say, I like that they have the little plushy things because it reminds me of like, we're Harry Potter fans. And it's always nice to have something like subtle Harry Potter stuff. So it's not like if you want to support BTS and wear a t-shirt, like you have to have a, you know, a shirt of the seven of their faces, like (laughs) on your body, like here they are, you know, you can... (laughs) but that's how it is like back in the day for boy bands in america it's like oh if you want to show your love like you better have like their face on everything Mm -hmm. or else and i like that this is like a more subtle way and a really cute way of like showing your love and support but not necessarily being like faces everywhere i agree because i i've always even with like harry potter stuff there were times like i hated some of the merchandise you know with harry potter's face right on it i don't i don't like that stuff i do like to be more subtle Mm-hmm. when um especially in like clothing options and to be able to have like a cute little character on my clothes or pajamas or t-shirt or or house shoes whatever and then that also sparks conversation instead of somebody just seeing someone's face on my shirt they're like oh that's really cute what does that mean and then it sparks a conversation of bts and their collaboration and then it Instead of someone just being like, oh, that's weird. They have a picture of somebody's face on their shirt. They say, oh, that little character is cute. And then you can kind of explain what it is and and get into it that way. So, yeah, yeah that's fun. And I'm going to keep going with this, actually. Just, look, just you know, humor me. I really like Sugar. He... I like I like him as like a friend. I like all of these guys as like a friend. And I feel like as a grown woman with in a serious relationship, I don't need to be having posters or like t-shirts with this, you know, grown man on my shirt. Like that's not I don't know, it's just kind of like weird for me. But it's okay to get like a little slipper or a little keychain with a little cookie on it. I think that's cute. So it shows like my bias shows like hey but it's not like too crazy so i really actually like appreciate that and i think also they're just cute and you know what it reminds me of i know this is a japanese company and not korean but like sanrio with hello kitty when i was little i used to love going Mm -hmm. to the shop and getting like stationary backpacks anything with like Kuropi or Batsmaru or any of the characters there so this kind of also brings me back to like that kind of time in my life and um having a favorite cute little character that you got everything with and now I'm like oh cookie 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 but uh <laughs> um and the alpaca is so cute too they're all so cute and the little dancing and the koala and just to let you just to let you know okay okay all right. <laughs> Just to let you know, if you don't know where to find any of their merch, um, they do sell some stuff on Amazon. I'm actually looking at some mugs right now on Amazon that I really want. And um, what I like is they also do like holiday themes. So um, it's October. It's about to be Halloween. So they have some Halloween themed stuff out right now. And so they have some little Halloween themed mugs of each of the the little characters and they're all super cute. Uh, so look that up on Amazon and just search BT21 and um, it will come up. And they also do have the little plushy um, pillows on Amazon, which are really cute. You could throw one on your bed and cuddle with it at night. And it's just, yeah, it's just a fun little way to have some more BTS in your life without, like Erica said, having to have a poster on your wall or a grown man's face on your T-shirt. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I think they're very cute and I'm going to look more into it and we'll see where I'm at in a little bit. (laughs) Well, that I feel like is also, I always think we're bad at segues, but I feel like our endings kind of lead us into the next thing, um, which is something really cool that's coming up pretty soon. BTS is coming out with a movie that's going to be in theaters. Um, So this is actually like a follow-up to, they have a burn the stage on YouTube Red, which followed them, but this is going to be like on an even bigger scale and it's going to actually have commentary from the guys. It's going to have private interviews that they had and it follows their wings tour that they did in 2017. And it's going to be um, sadly a limited release. And we don't know much more than that. Do we Erica? We don't know much more than that. Um, I do have a little description here from the official website that I wanted to read to give a little bit more information. 
So it's called Burn the Stage, the movie, the exclusive BTS story in cinemas worldwide. Uh, worldwide handsome. Burn the Stage, the movie, is the first movie from BTS going behind the scenes of the Wings Tour, as Molly said, to reveal the story of the band's meteor- meteoric rise to fame. Um, this unmissable cinema event provides an intimate look at what happens when the most successful global boy band of all time breaks down barriers and invades the mainstream music scene. Exclusive tour footage and brand new one-on-one interviews with BTS members give fans an unprecedented glimpse into their lives and an opportunity for everyone to celebrate together in movie theaters worldwide. And um, something I was looking at is like this movie is being distributed or produced by uh, Disney Korea, uh, Walt Disney Studios Korea. So I'm like, ooh, that adds an extra element of mm-hmm. cinema, you know, cinematography, cinematic magic. I know it's going to, I mean, everything they do is done really well, but that just makes me extra excited because I love Disney. What we do know about this is this, is that what you said are limited screenings happen uh, starting November 15th. We don't know how long that's going to go. So we don't know if it's a few days, if it's a few weeks. And then tickets go on sale on Monday, October 22nd. So pretty much like in a week from the time that we're recording this podcast. The thing about this is like it's so enshrouded in mystery that we don't even know where it's playing. So like we know it's worldwide, but we don't know how available it's going to be. Like, is it going to be every state, every city, multiple showings in multiple cities for a month long that we can see it? It's a, you know, a few days. So there's a lot of mystery around this. I'm very excited, but I'm also like, I need some details. And the only details I have, um, at least for the States anyway, I know AMC theaters are going to be showing it, but they will not give any information on what cities they'll be showing it in. So if you have an AMC theater near you, hopefully it will be playing. And I'm assuming, um, especially here in the States, it's going to be in all your major cities, probably, you know, Chicago, Dallas, uh, multiple cities, I'm assuming in California, maybe like Atlanta, something like that, like in, yeah. in, in bigger cities and bigger markets. And um, so hopefully you live near somewhere where that's going to be playing. But if you want more info on that release, you can go to their website at burnthestagethemovie.com and you can um, put in your name and your email address and October 22nd, they will send out information on where to buy tickets and um, how much the tickets are going to be and where they're going to be playing. So we're just really excited about this. And hopefully um, currently right now I live in a small town, so I'm hoping that it's going to be playing somewhere near me that I can go. And we just think it'll be a really cool opportunity to be able to meet some army. And I wish I did what you did earlier and found, um, I think I might still have one up. I like tweets from people about how excited that they are to, um, to be able to have this, be able to like have a fellowship with army because a lot of us, you know, maybe either don't have the money or don't live somewhere that we can go see a concert. So being able to see the movie and to be in a theater full of people who share the same interest and who have the same love for these guys um, is something that's cool and, and it's affordable and it's, you know, I think it's going to be really fun and it won't be quite as great as going to a concert, but it'll be, you know, hold, hold us over until we can get there. Yeah. I'm excited. And Molly also knows I'm nervous and anxious too. <laughs> <'Cause> I'm like, <laughs> what seat am I going to get? What movie theater? Am I going to be there at the right time? Am I going to have to camp out? I don't want to be in the first row. I want to have a good view. What's this going to be like? So I've been like freaking out already and that's not necessary, but <laughs> I'm also excited and I hope it's a really great experience. And, you know, again, we have a background of being really avid Harry Potter fans. And I know at least at like the height of it and going to the movies, there's a lot of excitement. And I feel like this is going to be even more amplified. It'll be fun to be with people who just like really like love them. And, you know, when they come on stage, you're like, oh, and like, you know, or just having this experience with you rather than like when you watch YouTube at home alone, you're like, oh, okay, this is great. But like, you know, no one else is, it's not a shared experience, (laughs) Um, except for when Molly comes to visit. Um, 
So I'm really looking forward to that and to maybe making some new BTS friends and everything like that. Again, this is so new. Molly is the only one that I know in my real life that's uh, really into BTS and we kind of have been on this journey together. But it'll be I've never gone to an event that was centered around BTS. I've never done the lines. I've never seen the you know the fandom i plan on seeing lots of plushies i guess and shirts and merchandise and people who are really excited i don't know what that looks feels like but i am excited and i really hope i get a good seat <laughs> yeah i just you know erica will be living somewhere where there will sure Lee surely be um showings and that's just what i'm worried about is actually being somewhere near because definitely for a concert, I would drive two to three hours to go see them, but I'm not sure that <laughs> I'm going to be able to make that journey for a movie. I might have to just depending on um, what, what city that it's going to be showing in. So that's my, what I'm nervous about. And I'm, I'm more excited about the lines and the crowd and, and, seeing all of that but I'm just nervous that I'm not going to be able to see it and and it's kind of the first thing as Erica keeps saying we're so new to this and I'm even more new than she is and the last month I have literally just missed where I was BTS by a few days of where I was in the country and I moved to a new state and they had been here in a concert a few days before then I go visit a state and come back home and they're about three hours from where I had been visiting two days later. And so I've literally missed them by a handful of days. It makes me sick sometimes. I'm like, oh my gosh, like if I would have just stayed an extra couple of days or if I would have moved a couple of days earlier, I maybe could have been able to go to their concert. And even though the tickets were sold out, I could have, I would have dropped as much money as I could have to get a ticket, but it just wasn't in the card. So hopefully, hopefully this would be like my first also real fan experience and getting to meet ARMY. And, you know, maybe by that time we'll be connected with a few more of you and we would love to meet any of you guys and talk about everything and learn more from you guys that are a little more experienced and have been around them a lot longer than us. Yes, tell us your stories. Like, I want to hear stories about, like, and then J-Hope sprayed his water on me in the audience, and I'm going to die um, yes. <laughs> hearing stories like that in person, like knowing the people who have experienced this firsthand. Yeah, we're really excited. Speaking of events, we're going to talk just a little bit about what's coming up for uh, BTS up on the calendar pretty soon, October. Um, the main things that are coming up for October are their concerts in Berlin, which are on the 16th and 17th of October. Like we said, this burn the stage, the tickets go on sale on, uh, the 22nd. And then the 18th, sorry, the 19th and 20th of October, they're going to be performing in Paris. So they'll be going back to Paris after Berlin. So on the 19th and 20th, they'll be doing their love yourself actual tour performances and concerts so that'll be super exciting for everybody who's in Paris um, and everybody who's in Berlin but then they have kind of like a lower schedule besides those performances the end of October is really kind of like chill in terms of public appearances anyway right and um, they have a actually really long break and then they're going to be back in Asia they'll be in Japan in November but for any of you that have VLive, um, the schedule is also in VLive, but they're still putting out their Bon Voyage Season 3 episodes. And so um, end of October, they have a lot of those coming out. So if you're um, and again, that one, you have to pay for Bon Voyage. But if you do, that'll be coming out and that kind of kind of holds you over a little bit. Um, I know I've been kind of living for the fan cams of these concerts. So we're going to have a, about a month break in between the Paris concert and their first concert um, in Asia in November. So in that meantime, we'll be rewatching all of the other concerts and hoping for, since they'll have some downtime, maybe they'll do some, at least one of them will go live or maybe all of them will go live um, on V live, which would be great. And then we'll also have the Bon Voyage uh, episodes to look forward to as well. 
Yeah, and also just from a personal standpoint, I'm actually glad that they're taking a break because as you can see on the Graham Norton show, they were down to like pretty much like five. And I'm like, oh, these poor boys, they're getting run ragged. They're touring so hardcore, doing all these appearances, you know, dancing, you know, all this stuff. So I think it'll be good for them to have some time to rest and recover a little bit, get their energy back and renewed. And then obviously there's so much information that's come out like so many articles so much merchandise so much stuff that it'll be really nice to have that time to like kind of catch up um on like all the fan videos and everything that's going on so all of us need a break bts and us and not a break from them but just a, a chance to catch our breath and catch up with everything that's happening that's so exciting for them yes 100 and i'm really excited we came into this both of us at a time in our lives when we needed it. And so this has been really fun for me and just being able to kind of feel like this is a job in a way. And I get to research things about BTS to, um, <laughs> for my work. So that's been, that's my dream to be able to research and talk about something that I love and they've, made a huge impact on my life in such a short amount of time. So it's been, it's been really fun and hopefully we'll both get to go to this movie and that'll be something we can talk about later was our experience. I'm just sure. really excited for what's coming up. Yep. So if you listen to this whole thing, we're so grateful and we're so excited that you did that. And we want you to make this a conversation. So what do you think about anything that we said? Did you agree? Did you disagree? Do you have more information? Do you have more insight? Do you have any thoughts to add? We want to know. So, you know, we're on Twitter and we are on Instagram. Yeah. And we have email too. And you can find any links to contact us in like the show notes or on our website, btspod.com. That's B-T-Y-E-S. Pod.com. But we want to talk to you, Army. We want to know what you think, too, because this is your podcast as well. So, yeah, um, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us. Let us know. Again, thank you so much for listening. This was a little bit longer, but, you know, we never know how long we're going to talk about BTS because we could talk about them all day. So just... Thank you so much for listening and we are thankful and grateful for you and for BTS. So until next time, why say no when you can say B T yes.